Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me a senior fellow, or the senior fellow social innovation at Babson, founder of the Regenerative Paradigm Institute and multi-award winning bestselling author, Carol Sanford. Her website is carolsanford.com. Carol, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jen. Great to be here. Yeah. I thought I'd open up just by asking, how's the new year treating you so far? Well, I'm treating the new year really well, and so it's returning the favor. Good. I'm very happy to hear. That's really good to hear. Um, so, Carol, yeah, as I mentioned, I'm really excited to chat with you today. Uh, you do something really uh, interesting. You work and establish institutions. So let's open up with that. For people that are hearing about that for the first time, what does it mean to you know work and establish institutions? I have my own institutions, which are action learning, resource and research and education. And I do all that same kind of work in companies like Google, like DuPont, P&G, Colgate. So I go where there's a, either a borrowed platform or my established platform that people come to over decades. Mm. So that's what that means. Wow, that is uh, really incredible. And uh, you are um, consistently recognized as a thought leader uh, working with these big companies, as you mentioned, uh, Google, DuPont, Intel, P&G, et cetera, et cetera, just, just so many to list, um, you know, with these four, four, or Fortune 500 companies. And you work with uh, new economy executives in designing and leading systems of business change and design. Uh, that's, a, that's a big feat, wouldn't you say? Well, I work with the whole business is what that means, because mm-hmm. They're often founded on very old, outdated stuff like behavioralism, mm. and it's the pop- most popular thing right now. So you have to help people see how much even very recent research has said incentives don't work, anything external didn't work. And so what I'm doing is working on educating people, again, how to see what they're being taught and see how it's working, not just mm. accept it. And so for me, it's an education thing to keep bringing people to, can you, do you know how to examine things or are you just a pattern follower and you may as well be asleep? (laughs) (laughs) Help me understand, Carol, what is it about just, um, you know, most people being a a pattern follower, they kind of just, let's say, go through the motions versus actually taking a step back and examining like the patterns that they're actually, you know, uh, putting out for themselves or following. So one of the things I love to ask people that I say, tell me what's true about X. And they'll do that. And I'll say, where'd you get that idea? And they'd say, well, you know, it's one of the best practices. Who says, did you ever try it? Have you ever tracked the effects? And they'll often go back to their family, to school, to the military, to somewhere they have adopted things unexamined. Mm. And that means you're following patterns, which you don't even know. All of us want to be and say we are a pattern generator. Mm-hmm. I'm creating new patterns. We can't even see how asleep we are. And so I give people ways to help themselves and others. And like I have membership communities of people who come learn to do this individually and companies come together when I'm not going in. But the real thing is we are constantly mechanical beings going 
back to what we thought was true. You know, Einstein says a life unexamined is not worth living Mm. or a company that's not examining cannot succeed. Yeah. Yeah. Carol, have you ever, um, I mean, was there a point in your life where you realized that you were living a life unexamined? Because I could tell that you're just so awake. (laughs) You're so awake and you were helping so many people to be awake as well. Well, I wish I was all the time. The thing about consciousness is you have to redo it to yourself. You go to sleep, Mm. you eat, you have sex, and all of a sudden you're asleep again, right? Mm. You have to keep doing it. Was there a time? The first event I'm actually mindful of is at six years old Mm. when I was being conditioned as hard as my father could to be very racist. He was an active member of the Ku Klux Klan, a lobbyist really working. And it wasn't working because all my Hispanic friends and one black friend who were the children of his farm workers and uh, Mm -hmm. drivers, I kept feeling like there was something wrong, something wrong. And it drove me crazy. And it was many years. My mother finally packed us up and left because Mm. I was escalating my contrarianism. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I knew at the time there was something that I couldn't see or he couldn't see, but I was too young. So my whole life has been trying to understand that. And I've done a lot of work around really going back to what is the underlying cause of racism? How do we get there? And it's so much deeper than people talk about. So that's my start. Thanks for asking. Yeah, of course. And I mean, even just the uh, you know, I think racism in general is something that I mean, in a way, I, in this generation, it is interesting how it's becoming more uh, it's coming more to light, you know, for people to really acknowledge even sort of the, uh, you know, just uh, racism within themselves that they haven't even, you know, noticed. Like even, <laughs> yeah, myself. Right. Yeah. I mean, even for myself, like as a woman of color, like, you know, yeah, women of color, we we get we stereotype, too, just so you know. And so just to be able to yeah. like you know, bring light to that and acknowledge that, you know, we all, um, you know, follow certain patterns and then eventually they, they sort of become truth. Right. And so I think it's just amazing how at eight years old, you already knew like, okay, this isn't right. Like this doesn't feel right. And I'm going to figure this out. And, uh, and yeah. And do you know what the source of your racism is? Mm-hmm. Most people don't know. It's like it, it is conditioned in a sense society and actually started with the idea that we categorize everything. Yeah. We don't work with the whole, the whole of you. You know, yes, you're a woman of color, but you're a yeah. whole gen. You're specifically <laughs> you and you have an essence. And once we were learned to relate to people like that, you can shut off that part. But you were conditioned by your family, by school, by every job you've had to chop things up into pieces, including frogs, mm-hmm. put them into a category, make that category generic and the goods and the bad categories. And if you, Jen, don't fit one of those, there's something wrong with you. That's yeah. the source of racism. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, you have this perceived um, mold or uh, image of someone in your head and if it doesn't fit then, and then you're trying to still hammer that in, then yeah, that's a great way to describe it. And that all leads to that process, but it starts with categorizing everything. Doesn't have anything Mm. to do with race, but it makes it easy. Well, let's throw races in there and figure out which bucket they go in. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love it. I love this discussion and I I appreciate, I appreciate talking about it, Carol. So thank you. (laughs) Welcome. It's important to talk about. 
Yeah. You know, um, a, a good pride point for you, Carol, is that when you help people, uh, you never do anything more than uh, once, like, or you don't do things twice. You don't repeat yourself. And you had hinted at this, at this already. You started a number of communities to be able to help, you know, all sorts of people, women entrepreneurs, educators, designers, you know, et cetera. And, and a lot of these people have been in your communities for as long as 42 years. Um, tell us about that. Like that's, that's incredible. Well, the reason I don't do anything twice is that's called being a pattern follower. I'm just following mm. my old patterns, which were some right. other pattern I was following from somebody else. Right. And it also means I'm not relevant. Like if today I was going to have the conversation with you, I always have, get my words right, figure out what my messaging is. <laughs> I'm putting me to sleep and you. What I have to ask is, who is Jen? Mm. I raised racism because I thought that might be a meaningful conversation to you. Mm-hmm. I don't raise that except when you're one of my radical roots of racism conversations. And even then, I am not allowed. I forbid me to do it the way I've done before. I ask, who is this whole person? Mm-hmm. Who is this podcast? What is its message and story? And I do that with all my business folks, my change agents, educators, all of those. They show up yeah. for decades because they know they're never going to get what they got Plus, I do these communities. You said to help people. I did them to help me. Mm. You know, although I am very mindful on my racism, I have to work on it all the time. My father did a lot of good work before I was six years old, Mm. before I started seeing it. So if we all want to be woke, (laughs) then we people think they're awake. Well, I can get awake for a half an hour with you and hopefully for the next half hour. Yeah. I will then go back to sleep. So one way to keep waking you up is forbid yourself to ever do anything the same way twice. Uh, I feel like my husband would love to hear this conversation because I'm always like, for me, my mindset's like, I want consistency. I want patterns. You know, like eventually I want to like get to that point. But like, I really just love that. And, and it, it's in theme of you want, not wanting or it's your, it's in theme of you being present essentially. And that's right. how I like to approach even my podcast shows. When I interview people is like, I'm just excited to have a good conversation with this person for the time that we have together. Obviously I have notes, but I'm more interested in who this person is right now at this time in their life. Because even if, you know, even if they have, you know, this impressive background, maybe they're in between jobs right now, you know, and, and they're really going through a transformation. And so to be able to have that moment to just be present and to uh, create something together, to create this collaboration, this conversation, um, it keeps it exciting. Right. Uh, by the way, I do have patterns I follow for making sure I have oral health. <laughs> so there are places you go get patterns, right? Mm-hmm. Oral health, diet, morning rituals, meditation. Those I have, I put those, but even then you have to be mindful, as you said, be present, yeah. be thoughtful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Carol, let's go ahead and talk about your podcast. So uh, your podcast show is Second Opinion Podcast. And the key word we were talking about offline is disruption. So tell us about that. Like why the word disruption is so important to you and how do you teach it to your listeners and, and your communities? Um, I do this particular one for business people. So business second opinion. Mm-hmm. And why I call it that is I... I'm giving you a method. You ask, how do you do that? The The way I do that is I take one Harvard Business Review article. Once in a while, it's some other place, but it's got to be written so everybody can read the opinion. Mm-hmm. Then I go examine it. 
I go question. And the beginning of question is always disruption. Mm. If you don't say, self, wake up. How are you going to read this? You have to ask him, how am I going to read it? And for me, it's what uh, mental living system framework am I going to use? Like, am I going to watch my reactivity when my ego gets hooked and when I'm purposeful? I will then show people how I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. And I have got 170 podcasts disrupting me and my listeners. Plus, in the communities, we have much more... um, not complicated, but complex ways to disrupt whole companies Mm. Uh, and what it takes, because we don't normally let disruption get to us. The pandemic did. Mm. I don't know of anybody who wasn't disrupted. I then ran a series of morning meetings on Facebook. Anyone can go listen to under the regenerative life uh, community on Facebook And what it was about is how to use disruption. What's the best use? Mm -hmm. And we call me, and I someone started calling me this in my 20s at Berkeley. I was a positive contrarian. Mm. And that's a part of it, which meant I wasn't just contrarian to be, I was contrarian to start a different conversation, to wake up a different way of looking. If we don't need that now more than ever, then forget it. You don't need disruption. But if you believe... (laughs) We need the ability to see things in new ways, to go to new patterns, to see our own. Mm-hmm. Then, um, you know, anyway, I believe disruption is foundational of that. So, Carol, let's go ahead and talk about your podcast show, Business Second Opinion Podcast. I really like that. Uh, I really like that that way that people describe you, a positive contrarian, because I think that you know when you think about a a contrarian in general, it's it's someone that is disruptive, like almost seems like they're disruptive to be just to be disruptive. But I really love that you are uh, being disruptive for positive change. And so let us know in in the forty two years that you've had these communities, uh, what would you say is just the number one feedback or you know reason why people love you know, staying in these communities and, and I guess in a sense, doing life with you. <laughs> right. No, we, we call my communities weaving a, a personal development into your life rather than going mm-hmm. on for a course, but doing it on what you're working on. And I actually done them a few more than 42 years, but the longest two members are 40 years. And you're wow. right. The average was 12 years because um, mm. we have so many new people, which have lowered the age. Mm. And one more thing, I wrote a book called No More Feedback. So you will not get feedback or I don't get feedback. I get reflections from people, which means they're not demanding me. And what the reason people stay is they grow beyond what they ever thought possible in such short periods of time. Mm. They become more able to bring about the kind of change they wanted to bring about in a deeper, more effective way while they continue to work on themselves. Yeah. And you can, you, you we even give ways for people to uh, track is not the right word, but observe their own evolution so they can learn to see what working the way I'm talking about does for you. I mean, if you'd known me when I was younger, you wouldn't recognize me now. It is a (laughs) blessed way to work to keep growing every day of your life. That's why they stay there. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I think when you find a community that uh, validates you and, you know, let you come as you are, but not stay as you are, 
um, right. And become better. And then, you know, the fact that you don't like to repeat things more than once, you know, just to continuously yeah. have that growth and have something new to look forward to, you know, it makes a lot of sense that, you know, on average, you have people be a part of your communities for 12 years. So let me add one thing back. I don't work with people where they are. Mm. I always work with them slightly ahead of where they are. Because if I work with them where they are, that's how they'll think and work. If I affirm, I don't affirm Love that. Say how I'm doing. I say, I have no idea. How are you doing? <laughs> give me some reflections. I'll ask you some questions so you can figure it out. We don't give one another affirmations mm. or feedback. It is all about being a resource to you. Re- resource means returning your, you to yourself as Love a source. With nothing external. So that's the other thing is you learn to, I mean, I don't care whether people love me, like me or whatever. I care whether they shift to caring what they think. Yeah. Uh, Let me, let me know if I'm hearing this right. You're essentially being other people's mirror. Like you're just reflecting back to them. How they may. No. Okay. No, Because I don't tell them what I hear. Mm. What I do is I listen to what they can't see. And I ask them a question Mm -hmm. or give them a framework to examine it for themselves. So I don't want to be a mirror. That means they're looking at me reflecting back to them what I see. Now I'm doing their work for them. Nope, don't do Mm. that. So I am breaking that chain of external influence. That's what you remember when we started, uh, I talked about paradigm and the behavioral paradigm. Each of those last questions you've asked me come from a behavioral paradigm. I go where I can get affirmed or I get a mirror or I get feedback. Nope. We work on stopping all of that and having you be self-generating of your own reflections. I love that, Carol. Thank you for uh, even pointing that out to me. I mean, obviously, I'm not asking you for validation or anything, but it is nice to acknowledge that you know, the, the average person probably seeks that external validation, that external yeah. approval, that external feedback. And you're like, nope, you, you got to give that to yourself. You got to learn right. to get the tools to be able to give that to yourself. About 92% of people seek everything they believe about themselves from others. That's mm. ridiculous. <laughs> it takes a massive amount of work. And that's why I call it a paradigm shift mm-hmm. from the behavioral and machine view, or even the humanist view, we're really loving to each other yeah. to an evolved capacity view. The paradigm I'm speaking from is everyone you work with, you're building their capacity to be self managing, self-expressing of their own essence while they work on helping shift great, um, bring change to large systems. Wow. That is incredible, Carol. You do some really good work. Um, before we get going here, cause I, I know that time is precious. Uh, you know, this show really is about speaking to small business owners and entrepreneurs. So mm-hmm. is there any other advice or words of wisdom or anything you want to share to our listeners who, you know, listen to the thoughtful entrepreneur? Yes, I do work a lot with entrepreneurs. We listed my big companies, but I have all these <laughs> online communities. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they're always asking me is, Uh, So after we're done today and podcast people do say, give me something I can take away and do. Mm -hmm. Stop doing that. If you look for the takeaway, the outcome that someone else is going to give you, guess what paradigm you're in. (laughs) What you want is to say, and you as an entrepreneur want to go around being disrupted, not accepting. I, even my students, I teach in several universities in Europe, Central Mm -hmm. America and the U S And I would say, trust me, don't accept 
anything I give you or tell you without testing it in life with working on it. But right. also I don't reject anything I give you without testing and working on it. Don't look for me to give you something to take away and do, or you, I have failed in being here with you. Mm, wow. So own your spot, <laughs> you know, explore being the best version of yourself, not for other people before yourself. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, Carol, I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation today. I want to thank you again for joining us on The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. My pleasure. Thank you, Jen. Yeah. And again, to our listeners, this is Carol Stanford. You can learn more about her and all the good stuff she's doing, including her podcast show, Business Second Opinion, uh, at her website, carolsanford.com. Thank you all so much for joining us, and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.